You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an episode of On This Day in History, and it is from two years ago. It is episode 89, and it is a preview of what I think the 2018 season will look like. If that sounds any bit interesting to you, be sure to stay tuned. Otherwise, I'll talk to you all tomorrow. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So last time I was on here, I uh, spent a little bit of time um, kind of just making fun of the whole the Packers have the toughest schedule in 2018 because it's stupid, because we have no idea. Um what teams are going to be good and what teams are going to be bad. But then I went to go look at it and I thought, how in the world could this pod, how does everybody have an easier schedule than this? I mean, again, no idea who's going to be a good team and who's not, but I'm looking at it and I'm thinking some of these teams are just complete trash. I mean, we're in the NFC North, first of all. So um, I mean, if we're actually going to assume that the Packers are a Super Bowl caliber team, that they're not some 8-8, eight and eight, right? I mean, that we can compete with the Eagles, we can compete with the Patriots, we can compete. If we believe that, then I'm looking at this and going, okay, Bears and Lions, there's four wins, done, right? Vikings are real tough, but if we can split that, we got five wins. The Cardinals have nothing. They have, they have no quarterback. Um, I mean, they're getting their running back back, but jeez. I mean, they're, they're just not good. And I, again, who's their quarterback? 
Palmer retired, man. He's done. He's gone. They don't have a quarterback right now. So, possible that they get one of these free agents. A.J. McCarron is now available. Cousins, um, doubtful he goes to the Cardinals, but who knows. Um, And then, you know, the draft, the, the Cardinals are kind of a ways back. They drafted 15 behind us. The odds that there are any good quarterbacks, maybe Baker Mayfield, but I would be shocked. Um, and that, you know, every time I do one of these mock drafts, which I do pff, a lot, um, the, the Cardinals are sitting in a terrible spot because, you know, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen are likely gone by that point. And Lamar Jackson, I like him a lot, but I can't really find anybody with any credibility saying this guy's going in the top 15, maybe end of the first round. So, I, I mean, obviously that depends on the Cardinals and everything else, but um, you know, nobody's going to reach that much, I wouldn't think. So I, they're just sitting in a really bad spot unless they decide to trade back. So, I mean, they're in a really, really, really bad spot. Um, so, again, Bears should be two wins. Lions should be two wins. Vikings should at least be one win. Cardinals should be a win. Um the 49ers, I mean, what, all of a sudden we're scared of them because Jimmy Garoppolo came in and tore it up? Dude, that guy is going to regress. He, he's not, there's zero chance the 49ers are going to be that good. What, are they going to go undefeated since forever? Look, the guy played out of his mind. There was the element of the unknown. He took advantage of that. He tore everybody up. And he, he's a good quarterback. But let's not forget the Packers have one too, and he's a little bit better. Outside of that, though, what do they got? They don't have a running back. They they have they have a pretty terrible offensive line. They don't have a tight end. They don't really have any wide receivers. Their corners are just meh. They don't have any edge rushers. They have DeForest Buckner, who's real good, but outside of him, along that entire defensive line, they have nothing. They've got uh, Reuben Foster, who's a freak, but outside of him, their Mike and Sam linebackers are trash. Um, and then they just have kind of, eh, okay, decent safeties. You know, no better or worse, maybe a little worse than the Packers' safety situation. So, no, I'm, I'm not really scared of the 49ers. Again, especially if we're assuming this is a Super Bowl-caliber team, we should be able to clean them up easily. And by the way, I'm going through the home games. So even if it's kind of close, you got to tip the scale in the Packers' favor. Buffalo Bills scare me a little bit more, but... I mean, they're a team that's just not as good as their potential. Their defense is much better than the 49ers. Their offense should be better than the 49ers, but they're just not getting anything done. They do have a lot of draft picks, so, you know, if this is sort of end of the year or where these, you know, these uh, young rookies have some time to get acclimated and get get some, you know, and they might have a, a new quarterback and all that. I don't know. I'm a little more nervous about this, you know, not horrible offensive line. Uh, they could use some more wide receivers, but they got LaShawn McCoy. They've got some really, I mean, their defensive backs are just out of control. EJ Gaines, Tredavious White, the rookie from last year, was one of the best in the NFL. Micah Hyde, obviously, is tearing it up. Poyer, their strong safety, had an amazing year last year. Um, I don't know. I'm a little more worried about them, but it's the Bills, man. They always find a way to lose. They just can't close it out. So, that should be a win, especially at home. 
Miami, I think, is the number one can. If you had to, if you told me you got to pick a team that's going to go 0 and 16, I would put my money on the Miami Dolphins. I'm not even kidding you. It wouldn't be the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns have like 94 draft picks, and they have a lot of. They have a good offensive line. They have a really scary wide receiver. Uh, they have a really good. Um, they had the number one run defense. So find a find a quarterback and a couple corners, and you have a really good football team. Maybe you get a better coach. I don't know, but the Miami Dolphins have nothing. They don't have a quarterback. They had a running back. They got rid of him, who went on to win a Super Bowl. Right, Jarvis Landry is their one good wide receiver. He's leaving. Cameron Wake and Indomitian Sue are the only two good players on their defense. Cameron Wake is 900 years old. Indomitian Sue, the, the Dolphins are planning on cutting this year because they can't afford him because they never should have signed him in the first place because they signed him to way too much money. And ever since that happened, I hated the Miami Dolphins because that was the dumbest move I'd ever heard in my entire life. I mean, he's playing well, but he's, he's nowhere near the amount of money that they gave him. And now they're just realizing, you know what, we can't afford him, so they have to get rid of him too. The only talent they have on this team they're getting rid of, Cameron Wake is going to be the only player on this entire team that's worth anything at all. That should be an automatic. The Falcons are always tough, but that's at home. I think we can beat the Falcons. We should be able to beat the Falcons. The only reason we struggle with the Falcons is because our defense is terrible. That needs to be fixed this year. I'm not saying even necessarily top 10, but just not horrible. Just clean it up. We, we, we need to, to have a team to where the teams like the Falcons, who have a decent offense, can't just do whatever they want. To where, you know, our offense has to be perfect or we lose. If we go down the field, if we punt, if we do a three and out, it's over. We lost. That's what needs to get cleaned up. Clean that up, force them to punt once or twice, and it's over. That's it. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying... I don't know that we need to lose any of these home games. If we assume this is the home game is the one we beat the Vikings, Bears at home, Lions at home, Cardinals at home, 49ers at home, Bills, you know, the Dolphins and the Falcons at home. It's, it's not pie in the sky. Falcons are going to be tough. Vikings are going to be tough. Maybe the 49ers, but that's ridiculous. Maybe the Bills, because they have a decent defense, and that seems to be the Packers' Achilles heel, but hopefully in the draft and in free agency we can address that a bit. Get a little help on the offensive line so we can get this run game really clicking because we got some running backs that are actually pretty good. Especially when you consider we didn't really have much of an offensive line. All the sacks and all the problems with quarterback pressures weren't the only problem with having a subpar offensive line. It also hurts your running game. And you remember how many how impressed we were with these running backs behind a bad offensive line? Get a little help at wide receiver. As much as it makes me sick to think we need to move on from Randall Cobb, it's really starting to make a lot of sense. It is. Ty Montgomery lost the job. He's not a running back anymore. I was wrong. I said that last year. You guys are going to be shocked. I don't like that we went out and got these guys. Montgomery's got it. He's going to be fine. And I think he would have been fine. He had injury and everything else, but there was so much competition, and these guys that we drafted really stepped up, and they're true running backs. Not to say Montgomery can't handle it, but you know these these guys just are more natural at it. Montgomery and and, and Montgomery is still a weapon. We can lie, we can do everything we can do with Randall Cobb. And by the way, talking draft a little bit again, 
going back to that thing where you know you draft the best player available as opposed you know instead of need or whatever you know when when this guy was drafted when Ty Montgomery was drafted the thought is what are we doing we don't need wide receiver well how beneficial is it now again love Randall Cobb don't want to get rid of him but he's not worth the money and we got a guy that can pretty much do what he can do he's a good slot receiver heck of a lot better when you consider value what we're paying Ty Montgomery compared to what we're paying Randall Cobb and I don't I don't really care in terms of the nuance of how it gets done I'm just saying it makes sense we don't need Ty in the backfield we do need Ty at at slot and maybe we just need something a little different out there maybe he's got a little more juice that can help out I mean he, I don't know for sure if he's let's look it up I don't think he's faster be right back time travel complete no he's absolutely not faster um but he but he is bigger he's stronger he's more physical he might you know i i don't know i'm I'm not gonna sit here and say he might be this or that i'm just saying it's really starting to make a lot of sense i don't even know how i got down this track because we still have to do the away games but um yeah the running backs and stuff offensive line help uh wide receiver help that's why i started talking about ty montgomery and um an improved defense and I mean we're back on track in the Super Bowl the, the whole Colin Coward thing and I like Colin Coward I think he's honest even when he attacks the Packers I think he has some good points but the Super Bowl window isn't closed man it's not closed we have Aaron Rodgers we have a shot and I know we've been saying that since forever but some of the real issues that have been hindering that reality are hopefully going to be getting addressed we have a new GM who's hopefully going to be a little more aggressive hopefully can identify a few of these things and say, look, we're paying a lot of money for guys that aren't getting it done. I mean, we, we could we could get rid of some of these $10 million contracts, go out and get somebody that's better for cheaper. That's that's no that's a no-brainer. That's, I mean, it's like, again, not trying to make fun of Honda Civic, it's just a bad analogy, but it's like somebody saying, hey, you're, you're paying $500 a month for this Honda Civic, how about I give you this Ferrari over here for $450 a month or $300 a month? It's like, what? why would you not do that? They're just overpaying for stuff that isn't working. You know, if, if Randall Cobb was making $5 million a year, yeah, absolutely. He's still young. He's still got some juice. Definitely. We'd, we'd be talking more about Jordy. Yeah, maybe we got it. It's just a lot of money. I don't know. Hand ringing. Maybe we'll just let him come back another year, but dude, Randall's making too much. Whatever. Not that much that needs to be fixed. Offensive line, wide receiver, and get this defense clicking. It's not even so much get better players, although we do need some, but it's about get it clicking. There's talent here. It's just not producing. We have talented, a talented defensive line. We have a talented group of linebackers. We have a talented and young group of defensive backs. We just got to get it clicking. That's what Petten's here for. Moving on. So away games. So we've already said home games. Okay, let's say we lose one and a half, two games. I don't know. Um, away games. Bears, we win. Lions, we win. Let's just say we lose to the Vikings. Okay. So we'll skip a couple. The New York Jets. That should be an automatic, man. I know they have some talent, but again, we're talking about this team as a Super Bowl caliber team. That's a win. Okay, so right now we have like two losses. Let's say Falcons, Vikings, I don't know, whatever. And we got the Redskins. Are the Redskins a good team? No. 
The only thing good about the Redskins was Kirk Cousins, and he's gone. And now they have Alex Smith. They downgraded. It was a smart move because the dude is just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know whose fault it was, but I think it was the right move either way. You got a guy who's overpaid, who clearly doesn't want to be here. You got to step up. You got to be a man and say, you know what? Just get out of here. Just go away. We don't need you. Well, I'm not going to sit here and grovel for you. I'm going to go pay somebody else less money to do similar to what you did. You go be somebody else's problem. It was so embarrassing to watch them grovel. We want him back, and I hope he wants to come back. And Man, get out of my building. Hey, Kurt, come pick up your stuff, man. I threw it on the street, punk. It's just it's aggravating. Prima donna little punk, man. Then again, maybe it's the Redskins' fault, but I don't care. If I'm a GM, if I'm the head of an organization, and I'm groveling for a quarterback, get out! You're not that good. You're not Tom Brady. You're not Aaron Rodgers. Who do you think you are? Get out of my face! Anyway, so that's, that's a win. Then we got the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Patriots. That's tough. But right now we're looking at like five losses. Even if we assume all those are losses, which cannot be assumed. Right? The Seahawks get a little worse every year. And they just keep losing. I mean, they've got uh, really talented safety who's holding out for money. They might not be able to resign. Uh, Russell Wilson keeps regressing every year. They're about to lose Jimmy Graham. Uh, they could lose Richard Sherman. I mean, they, they just don't have anything left. You got Baldwin. You got no running backs. You got no offensive line. Russell Wilson still got something, but he doesn't have enough. And you have this really good defense that's just falling apart. Seahawks should be a win. I know it's Seattle in Seattle, which is always tough, but that should be a win, man. The Rams, again, Colin Coward, he's swore up and down. This team is going to regress. I don't know if it's true or not. We'll see. It's a tough game, but I think the Packers should be good enough. The only issue is they have a pretty good defense, but I think they had like one of the worst run defenses in in the entire NFL. So if it's offense versus offense, it's not even close. I know they got Gurley, whoop-de-doo. So what, whatever. Patriots, fine. But I'm looking at this and I'm going, I could see like four or five losses. I I don't see a whole lot more than that. I mean, if there's a lot more than that, I'm kind of concerned about the quality of the Packers football team. I really am. I mean, who, who are we losing to? The Bills? Are we going to lose to the 49ers? Are we going to lose to the Jets? Are we going to lose one to the Lions? Now, that's problematic stuff. And the, the, the Eagles aren't losing to those kinds of teams. The Patriots aren't losing to those kinds of teams. Teams that actually are going to make it in the Super Bowl, who have a chance of winning, who do win the Super Bowl... They don't lose to those kinds of teams. The Bears, the Lions, the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Redskins, these teams are not good. So if this is the schedule I'm supposed to be scared of, I'm just not. There's tough games, but so what? I'm hoping everybody has a tough game or two. The the Rams in L, which I don't I I can't imagine there's any advantage to Los Angeles football games. Nobody even shows up to those games. Nobody out there cares about football. The Patriots in Foxborough, very tough. And if we can pull that one off, that's going to be amazing. Not that Rodgers hasn't done it. We've beaten the Patriots. Beat them last time we played them. We have what it takes. 
But I mean, that's that's a tough one. I'm being a little silly if I say, "Hey, we're Super Bowl caliber. We should be able to beat the Patriots at home." I mean, that's it's as hard as it gets, man. Falcons are tough, but I don't know. I'm going in circles, but you get what I'm saying, right? I'm I'm just I would love to look at somebody else's schedule because I think this is silly. Unless we're just looking at win loss record of 2017, without even taking into account the fact that you know the Cardinals lost their quarterback, the Dolphins are about to lose everything that matters. Seattle is about to lose everything that matters. You know, the Vikings are about to lose probably two of their three quarterbacks, and they don't have one that can really stay healthy. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Keenum. But I, okay. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know what everybody's so scared of. This is kind of silly to me. I mean, I, I'm licking my chops. And again, everything could change. Cardinals could be back on top. They could draft. You know, a, maybe they get Baker Mayfield and he tears it up. And they got their running back back, and the the, the trio of Baker and uh, Johnson and Fitzpatrick, and this defense kind of comes back to its former glory. You know, who anything could happen. I'm just saying, I'm looking at it, and I'm just kind of chuckling to myself. And I thought, I got, I got to go a little more in depth on this because this is ridiculous. This is not a scary schedule to me. A um, little bit of draft uh, news. It's not. It, I don't know. We can call it news, I guess. But somebody to keep an eye on is tight end Dallas Goddard. Um, he plays at South Dakota State, so not a whole lot of eyes on him at first. But um, he's getting comparisons to guys like Zach Ertz. There's a potential that he's going to be um, sort of the top tight end prospect. Right now it's kind of Mark Andrews and a lot of people like Hayden Hurst. But um, Dallas Goddard has been rising very quickly, depending on what he does at the Combine. It's entirely possible he is the first tight end to go. The reason I bring him up, though, is... Um, uh, Dan Shanka, he's he's currently with our lads. He's one of quite a few people I've seen that are pro personnel people, college personnel people that kind of got out of that business and kind of went to the interwebs and kind of, uh, you know, they, they provide some pretty solid insights. He made a comment, and I just saw it on Twitter, so I don't know the full context of it, but his comment was something to the effect of he loves, loves, loves Dallas Goddard, and if you could build a prototypical Packers tight end, this would be the guy. He's a guy who's not afraid of the cold. He's just just everything that you would think of for what do the Packers need at tight end. He said Dallas Goddard has it in spades. Again, Zach Ertz type comparisons. Um, the guy is 6'5", 255. Um, really, really good pass. I mean, he, he is the I think part of the thing that people like about him is he does a little bit of everything. This guy has lined up in the backfield at running back. He has played in line as a blocking tight end. He's lined up um, as a receiving tight end. He's lined up in the slot. He's lined up at wide receiver, which I think is why he gets a lot of comparisons to um, Zach Ertz. He does absolutely everything, and he does it well, but it's all about mismatch and matchup. Right. If there's a deficiency on this team at linebacker, we put them here and exploit that. If there's a deficiency at their cornerback depth, we're going to split them out. Right. We're going to be able to use this guy in multiple ways to exploit defenses. The Packers have the creativity to exploit mismatches. It's a huge thing of what they do. So you never know how things are going to shake out, who's going to be available. But I think the point of what Shanka is saying and what a lot of other people are saying is the Packers love very likely love Dallas Goddard. Um, they're not going to reach on him. We know that, but he's definitely somebody if he's available in round two for the Packers pick, which is probably a little unlikely. Um, but if he is, you know, especially with Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, 
If these guys go early in the second, this guy could fall. So if Dallas Goddard is available, or if you hear the Packers trade it up in the second, which is kind of becoming their thing, um, won't trade up in the first, but they'll trade up in the second for Galax Briggs. But we won't go down that road. Um, Dallas Goddard is, is need, needs to pop into your mind pretty immediately because he would he would solve a major deficiency. He would help in a lot of ways considering, you know, we have wide receiver issues, separation issues, and the Packers are desperate for one of these tight ends. They just never seem to invest that high in the draft. We end up trying to pay people. Obviously, we got to pay attention. I mean, if they go nuts and get a guy like Jimmy Graham, not to say they wouldn't get Dallas Goddard, but it just kind of lowers the priority of that. But I thought that was an interesting note. Um, when I do draft stuff, by the way, I'm not trying to pretend to be a scout. There's 60 billion people out there who are, you know, breaking down film and proclaiming to be scouts. My whole thing is I'm just trying to listen and put all the pieces together and see what the professionals and the ex-scouts and the current scouts are saying to try to decide what the best pick for the team. Not that I don't have an opinion, but my opinion doesn't matter. And the only reason I say that is because... I watched Dallas Goddard play for a garbage school against garbage garbage competition, and I just, I don't know, I don't really get it, but everybody's fawning all over this guy, so um, I'm going to assume I'm wrong and everybody else is right, and this guy's going to be a freak for somebody. If you hear his name in round two for the Green Bay Packers, feel free to get up and do a round of applause or a cartwheel or uh, throwing pizza around or whatever it is you do for fun, um, get down on some of that. Lastly, and I've, I've kind of talked about this a little already, but it just it's sticking out in my mind, and I just need to kind of hammer it home a little bit more. In terms of the not just the draft, but in free agency and who to bring in and also who to let go, um, the one reason, for example, I refuse to accept that we're going to get rid of Morgan Burnett is because of something Ha Ha Clinton Dix said um, quite a while ago. And it's, it's just stuck in my mind ever since he said it, and I can't seem to get it out of my head. So here's, I kind of found what he said. I'm going to read it really quick. It isn't the defensive coordinator. I'm a baller. Put me in a position to make plays. I'm going to make plays. Give me an opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of those opportunities. Dom was fine. Dom did no, did no harm to me. I love playing for Dom. Whoever they bring in next, uh, it's about me adapting to that person. It's not about him kissing my you-know-what. Uh, I just look for change. <clears throat> Here's the part that matters that I should have just read. I've seen this locker room change from 2014 to now. I had leaders to look up to. I had guys I trusted and guys that trusted me. And when I messed up, they still had my back and didn't point the finger. So it's tough. Clinton Dix had a tough year last year. He struggled. And he's telling us why he struggled. Clinton Dix is one of the better football players on this team. If we're not listening to him and what he said right here, that's a serious problem. This locker room has changed. It used to be veterans that held it down. Veterans that keep kept everybody focused. Guys that he could look up to, guys that he can trust. He's saying he doesn't have that anymore. And he pointed out 2014. Let's see who, who was playing in 2014. This, by the way, makes me sick. Let's look at the defensive backfield. Tremont Williams. Haha Clinton Dix, Morgan Burnett, Micah Hyde, Devon House, Sam Shields, Jared Bush, Casey Hayward. Those are all pat. Do you know how good Tremont Williams, Micah Hyde, and Casey Hayward are right now? Casey Hayward is one of the best corners in the NFL. We had him as a slot corner. Devon House was our cornerback. 
That makes me sick. And Sam Shields was backing up Devon House. What a joke. That's a joke, man. Tremont Williams is so good right now. Micah Hyde is one of the better safeties in the NFL right now. Morgan Burnett is all that's left. And we're talking about we should move on because he makes too much money. That's stupid, man. We can't do that. Our, our defense is too young. By the way, A.J. Hawk, Julius Peppers, on top of Clay Matthews. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of older veteran guys on this team at this time. Guys that have been working together for a long time, and after a while you kind of build a, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody, and, and we have this camaraderie, and we have this common goal. We got rid of everybody. Julius Peppers, gone. Mike Pinnell, gone. Latroy, gone. Dayton, gone. Tremont, gone. Goodson, gone. Micah Hyde, gone. Sam Shields, gone. Jared Bush, gone. Casey Hayward, gone. We brought back Devon House. I don't know why. <laughs> it's the one guy, one guy of the whole group I don't want, but we brought him back. And Clinton Dix is just crying out, man. He's saying, I got nobody left. There's no camaraderie on this defense. There's no accountability. There's no veteran presence, especially in this backfield. I got nothing left. Everybody's just doing their own thing, and it's not good enough. Stop talking about getting rid of Morgan Burnett. He's it. He is the field general on that defense, especially in that backfield. His intelligence, his leadership, everything. He is unbelievably valuable to this defense. Not just how good he is as a player, and he is good. When he played linebacker two years ago, he was our best linebacker. Shoddy. When he played slot corner last year, he was our best cornerback. When he plays safety, he's one of our best safeties. Maybe our best safety. In terms of raw talent, he's a freak. In terms of leadership, he is invaluable. I'm just, it makes me sick. Stop talking. Oh, he's 10 million. It's too much. We need to save money. I don't get fans, man. Fan, you, some of you guys drive me nuts. You want to spend $10 million on Jimmy Graham so that we, we but you want to get rid of $10 million with Morgan Burnett. Jimmy Graham's going to be expensive, but you don't care. If we're paying new guys to come in, you'll spend all the... You could not get... You want to go into debt, which isn't a thing, by the way, but you want to go massively into debt just picking up new guys. you just bored or what? Is that what it is? You're just bored and you want something to do? I mean, I, seriously, I do these mock drafts and it's hilarious how many players get traded. I think it's just boredom, man. Either that or you think you're so creative. You don't think there's any benefit to keeping these guys around? Camaraderie in the locker room? You can't be shifting people around so much. You need to bring in a core set of guys and let them play. 2014, Tremont, Micah, Casey, Burnett, Sam Shields, Jarrett Bush, Devon House, Dayton, Latroy, Daniels, Peppers, A.J. Hawk, Sam Barrington, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry. Mike Neal, Mike Pinnell. These guys have been around, man. For a long time, the camaraderie is there. Right? When these offensive line when you have an offensive line that's really clicking, it's an offensive line that's been together a couple of years. 
It always is. Right? You, you bring in these pieces and so-and-so doesn't play well and the fans all say, oh, get rid of that one guy. And they keep playing him and they keep playing him. And all of a sudden, it just continues to harden and harden because they get used to playing around each other. Corey Lindsley went from being one of the best centers in the NFL to being one of the worst centers in the NFL. Do you think maybe having two brand new guards, one to his left and one to his right, had anything to do with that? Communication and camaraderie, it matters and it means something. It's important. Corey Lindsley didn't go from one of the best to one of the worst just because he was healthy all year. He was one of the, he was probably the only one that was healthy all year. He's not a bad center, but there's no camaraderie with two brand new guards. They didn't work well together. They didn't have that communication down quite right. They didn't have the trust factor. You need to have that. Stop trying to get rid of everybody. With that said, I think that also needs to be a factor in who you bring in. I don't think it's just about pro football focus score. I don't think it's just about raw talent. I don't think it's just about spending money on this guy who had one freakish year. I think attitude makes a huge difference. I think leadership is unbelievable, especially on defense, man. Some of these guys, especially on this team, young guys that are just kind of doing their own thing. You need to have that veteran leadership to come in and lock it down. Come in and talk about serious stuff. I'm getting old, man. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for your childish games. We're here to win. Here's how we do it. Quit playing around. Quit acting stupid. Get in the book. Learn it. Stop thinking so much. Start playing. Stop playing and start playing. Tremont Williams is available. I'm not saying we have to get Tremont Williams, but he's a good player. He's a veteran. He knows the Packers. He knows HaHa. He knows Morgan Burnett. He knows Devon House if we decide to keep him. I'm not, that's not a prediction, and I'm not saying it has to be him, but, but, but I think leadership is very important. Very important. Maybe that's part of the reason they brought back Devon House, as much as I'm against it. In my opinion, they, they also have to be kind of good. Devon House is not. But leadership and, and a veteran presence does matter, and a lot of times they're cheaper. You know, dropping $8 million or $10 million or whatever kind of crazy money it's going to be to go out and get some 24-year-old guy that's tearing it up, 25, 26, however old they end up being, right? They, they've played one or two really, really, really good years, and we got to drop a ton of money on these guys. You know, what what is Malcolm Butler going to bring to this team? I don't want Malcolm Butler. He's not even that good, man. You want the guy that Bill Belichick decided wasn't good enough to play in the Super Bowl? What makes you think he's so good? Because he had that one good play? He had one pretty good year? I don't think he's ever been a top 10 corner in the NFL. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. Right? I mean, he, he went undrafted for a reason. He made one really good play. He wasn't even playing the whole game. It was like a rotational thing. He went in, he made a play. I don't think Belichick really likes him that much. I mean, not as a person, but as a player. He was in because he kept continuing to prove something. But he's the kind of guy, if, if you kind of regress, yep, there it is. There's the raw. There's the weak. There's the soft. 
There's the problem with a guy like this. He's not playing. I just, in the amount of money he's going to get because of the reputation he has, because of one good year, everybody talking him up, I just don't want him. I just don't. He's not worth that kind of money. Not to me, anyways. He doesn't really bring a veteran presence. He doesn't bring all that much talent. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. I think there's better options. And stop trying to get rid of Morgan Burnett. That's it. That's all I got to say. You folks have yourselves a fine, fine weekend. I got to me a three-day weekend. I'm a government worker, man. I don't have to work. You kidding me? I don't even know. What is the holiday on Monday? I don't even know. They just... It's like being a teacher, man. Just like, oh, don't show up. Why? Oh, I don't know. Just don't show up. All right, cool. But you uh, fine ladies and gentlemen, have yourselves a, uh, a fantastic weekend. Um, be well. Take care of each other. All that love, peace, and happiness. Have a good one, and goodbye. <laughs>